0: I want to remind you today just how important and special you are to God. In our church world, it can be easy to get lost in the crowd, or to hide in the crowd, and feel that you are one of many in God's eyes, and you might feel that you are not as important as others. But today I want to share just how important you are, and just how important it is for you to develop a relationship with God where you hear Him for yourself. I'm going to go to a verse that's been on my heart for much of this last few months. And it's in John chapter 14. John 14, and we'll read a few verses around it. We'll start in verse 16. Now, Jesus is talking to His disciples. And what I want you to remember here today is that the disciples at this moment are not born again. Jesus had not been glorified yet, so it was impossible for them to follow him into salvation. They were Old Testament saints. They were not born again. They served God, they loved God, but they were not part of the family of God yet. And Jesus is encouraging them in these verses that they have to follow him into salvation that just because they were good saints with him and and because the god used them and the holy spirit worked with them in seeing miracles and devils cast out they were still not going to go to heaven that there's only one way to get to heaven and that was through following jesus through into salvation so jesus is trying to convince them that this is where i'm going you may not understand everything yet but you have to follow me into salvation. And uh, that's why in verse 15 it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And these commandments here are mainly, follow me into salvation. That serving God was not enough. In verse 16, talking to his disciples, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. So here Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit coming to be with him as a helper. Now remember, the Holy Spirit is God. He's been around forever. He's as much God as Jesus is and the Father is. And he's been around forever. So it's not that he was coming on the scene all of a sudden, but now because of Jesus being glorified, the Holy Spirit was able to come and be with men in a different way that they could experience him differently because they had changed, they had been born again. And Jesus is encouraging the disciples that follow me into salvation and then you will have the Holy Spirit to come and live in you and be with you to be your helper. And so he wasn't able to be that kind of helper to them yet because they were not born again yet. Jesus in verse 17, "...and the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive." because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus says the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive, mainly because they're not born again. They cannot receive him the way he wants to be with us. And then he says this powerful verse, and if you underline, underline this, because this has been on my heart for months, and, and just realizing how valuable of a relationship I have and can have with the Holy Spirit. And it says, but you know him, for he dwells with you. Now pause there. So he's telling the disciples, you know the Holy Spirit. He dwells with you. You've watched him work. You've watched him do signs and wonders and miracles. You've seen the deaf healed, the blind see, and you've seen devils cast out. And He says, He dwells with you. And then He says this powerful statement, And will be in you. And will be in you. Talking about after they're born again. That after you accept Jesus, you can invite the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in you. And I want us to focus on these words. The Holy Spirit, even though you've experienced Him, is what He's telling the disciples even though you've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, you've watched the dead raise, you've watched blind eyes see, you've watched miracles and signs and wonders, you've watched Him work, He's dwelled with you, you cast out devils, and you watch watched the power, and seen the power, and experienced the power of the Holy Ghost, there's a more important and valuable relationship that He wants to have with you. And that is, He wants to come and dwell in you. Not just around you, not with with you. He wants to be in you. In other words, there's a greater work that the Holy Spirit has in this world than just the signs and wonders and just raising the dead and casting out devils and seeing blind eyes open. There's a greater work of the Holy Spirit than all those signs and wonders combined. And that is the work that He wants to do in you. He wants to work in you to transform you from the inside out. Then in verse 18, he finishes by saying, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So he's telling the disciples, I'm not going to abandon you and leave you as orphans, where you have to figure out life for yourself, that you have to survive for yourself or you'll die that I am allowing the Holy Spirit and making a way for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in you, where He will be able to lead and guide you. Now, I'm saying this because I'm fearful for the church world today, for much of the church world, because I see much of the church world putting the Holy Spirit in a place where they're trying to experience Him and placing His value on the outside experience. And not seeing the true value that He has for you, which is to come into you. Inside of you is a whole world. You yourself are that important to God and that unique to God that inside of you is a whole world of questions and struggles and victories. And, you know, sometimes I'll drive down the road and I'll see all these cars going this way and that way. Just at a four way stop, you'll see cars piling up and and there's people in those cars and they're all going someplace different. (laughs) They all live someplace different. They're coming from someplace and they're going to someplace and they're all unique. They're all thinking in their mind different things, different questions. Some are worried about their finances. Some are worried about their their marriage. Some are worried about their kids. Some are worried about the future. Well, we're all unique in that, that. We're all going someplace unique and God has that amazing, incredible ability to be with each of us on such a special, personal level that He doesn't uh, ignore us and miss us. And, oh, I didn't know you were there. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going through that. No, He knows you that much and wants to be that involved with you. And that's that verse that explodes in my heart. He dwells with you and will be in you. This is Jesus telling the disciples that all that you've experienced in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the power of God, is not as valuable, and not as special, and not as important, as the work that He wants to do inside of you, once you're born again, and once you invite Him to come and dwell inside of you. And that's why, if you hear me preach, or hear hear us focus on anything, we're going to tell you, pray in tongues. Spend times with the Holy Spirit, and experience his work on the inside of you. There's a lot of Christians I know who are baptized in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit is dwelling in them but they're not doing it. they got him locked up. They're not putting letting him work inside of them. And there's a whole world inside of each of us that needs to be transformed, a way of thinking, a way of seeing ourselves, a way of seeing life that the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to change us and how to transform us and that's his heart. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit for us as believers. Is to work inside of us to change us. And why I'm, I'm bringing up the church world as a whole. Is because I see much of the church world focused on working for God. Serving God. Busy for God. Experiencing God. But I see very few people really focused on allowing the Holy Spirit to do what He really wants to do. And that is to dwell inside of us to live inside of us and to begin to help us restructure, reorganize, to transform our life to where we quit living out of the natural man, and begin to live and renew the inner man, line upon line, precept upon precept. He wants to restructure, rebuild the way you see yourself, the way you think about yourself, into the way that God sees you. And because of what's happening in the church, In my generation, I've watched in my generation for 20-some years as I've served God, I've watched the church in some corners of the church world pursue sensationalism, pursue special signs and wonders and miraculous. And when you get the miraculous, that's what you're after. They're missing the most valuable point, is that He's in you if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost He's in you and wants to work with you every day. The real work of the Holy Spirit is inside of you. It's the restructuring, the rebuilding of who you are. The changing of living out of the past, living out of brokenness and living into victory. That's what the work of the Holy Spirit wants to be inside of you. And that comes when you spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to turn over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, because the Corinthian church had some problems. They had experienced uh, much of the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the gifts of God, the, the miracles and signs and wonders, and but yet they were had sin living in their camp and were prideful and living out of order and missing the mark of God and holiness in the church itself. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul's writing to the church because one of the problems that you run into or can run into if you are using the outward sign of power, the outward sign of sensationalism, of miracles, signs and wonders as a signal that you are okay with God is that you can totally miss it while having those things happen in your life in your ministry, in your church. In other words, you can experience amazing things on the outside that we would give God credit for, even miracles of broken bodies being healed. But beyond that, even sensational things. And you can experience those things and think, see, that's a signal that I'm good with God. And the Apostle Paul is going to write to him, them here and say, those things do not justify or signal that you're good with God. And if the church world as a whole doesn't get as focused straight, we can run down the wrong path. And where it's no longer God leading us, it's either man or a devil pretending to be an angel, having us go down different paths, thinking we're following God. Now that's the extreme, but even to the simple thing is, If you chase the wrong path, you end up being powerless in this life and not fulfilling the call of God that He has for you. You have a call of God. You do. That God needs to have fulfilled. And to fulfill that call is going to cost you everything. And to walk this path where you're not an orphan, where you have to figure out your life, your provision, where you allow God to walk with you and lead you, that means that you're going to have to build a relationship and a trust to where you hear His voice and you follow His voice. I have made a mistaken past where I've followed other people. i followed prophets. i followed people who I thought they know God. Therefore, I trust them. And it ended up in wrong places and ended up in dead ends to the point that where now I listen to the inner voice, the Holy Spirit in me, and that's where I put my trust. No longer in man, because man can act away and, and demonstrate in a way that can seem like it's God, and maybe for them it's God, but it's not for you, because you are unique. You're, you are specific, God has specific plans for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for the drink of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So Paul is talking about here the works of the Holy Spirit to the children of Israel. They had a cloud by day and a fire by night. They experienced that every day. A cloud every day leading them and moving them. And a fire by night. Every night you wake up and there's the fire of God in the sky. That you would just follow that fire. That was their experience. They experienced God, the Holy Spirit, in that manner. They had seen miracles. They passed through the sea. That means they stood on the shore of the Red Sea when Moses struck it, and they watched the sea split in half, and they walked across on dry ground, and then they experienced the sea closing in on the Egyptians and were set free. They experienced that. Every morning they would wake up and there would be manna feeding them, a spiritual food, out of nowhere, for no explanation possible. The glory had to go to God. And this is Paul describing... These are the Old Testament saints that experienced the Holy Spirit in incredible miracles and signs and wonders. And then he says in verse 5, but with most of them God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted and do not become idolaters as some of them as it was written these people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And so Paul is saying here, using the Old Testament saints as an example to the New Testament church, don't chase after the signs and wonders. Don't make that justify that you're going to be okay. Because even these guys, even though God worked with them, they've seen the signs and wonders, that he was displeased with them. Because the signs and wonders and the miracles do not express God's love and favor for you. They don't justify your lifestyle. And I see that happen to many Christians, including myself in the past, that, hey, God's using me, so therefore I must be okay. Hey, God's walked in power with that man, so he must know something. That man has revelation. That preacher has can prophesy, can tell people about what they had for dinner the night before. So God must be working with them, but then... You find out He wasn't. And so the signs and wonders and the miracles is not what we're to chase after. And I'm trying to make this very personal for you. Because you have a Father who loves you. Who thinks about you every moment of every day. Who believes in you, has a calling for you, has a pathway for you to walk out of whatever struggle you're in. You're driving the car and you have that million tons of worry and concerns that are just for you and you're going someplace. God, your Father and the Holy Spirit is in the car with you. And they have answers for you and they want to work on the inside of you to transform you from the inside outward. So here the Apostle Paul's telling them, "Listen, you think you can be you're above reproach. You think that you're beyond failing because God's working, you're seeing miracles. He names the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 12 to tell them that the gifts of the Spirit are not as powerful as chapter 13, which is the love that of God coming forward inside of you. And chapter 12 is describing the gifts of the Spirit to the church. Well, the gifts of the Spirit, the miracles, the signs and wonders, were in the Old Testament. Every gift of the Spirit, except for the gift of praying in tongues in the service with interpretation. Every other gift, the power gifts, the knowledge gifts, that's described in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, was all in the Old Testament. The dead were raised, people were healed in the Old Testament. But there's something in the New Testament, in the New Church, because of Jesus' uh, being glorified and allowing us to be sons of God, which is much more powerful than all the examples you can find in the Old Testament. And that is that He will dwell in you, not just with you, but He will come and abide inside of you. He's not there just to sit there and hang out. The Holy Spirit has plans for you and knows how to change you, how to help you overcome fears and insecurities and all the brokenness of your flesh, pride and and arrogance, all the strengths of your flesh. And to allow that inner man to grow and mature so that you will live out of your inner man instead of out of your outward man. But most Christians, many Christians, don't ever get there. And I see a group of of the church seeking after signs and wonders. They're seeking after the newest word. They're always looking for the newest word, the newest prophecy. All kinds of craziness. And people go from year to year chasing things, but they never really transform. Always chasing, always seeking never owning or becoming who God wants them to be. And here's a warning from the Apostle Paul to a New Testament church who has signs and wonders and miracles. I remember being in Nicaragua one time and I was preaching there. In Managua they had a house that they had kind of quarantine special. And people were lined up and they roped it off. And what was inside the house was a Bible they had encased in plexiglass And that Bible would ooze oil. And because it was the Holy Bible, they assumed it was God. And people would come and and admire the oil, take the oil. They would sell the oil for a donation. To them it was something special, but to me it was not. It was not God. It was a demonic example of something, trying to say, this is better. You know, Let me tell you what's better than oil coming out of a Holy Bible. And that is the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The Holy Spirit doing a work inside of you. And you can live your whole life. And I'm talking to you and I'm talking to me. We can live our whole life with the Holy Spirit in us and never let Him help us transform. We can be busy for God. We can seek after things. But His greatest work is the work He wants to do inside of you. Think about that. Here's the Red Sea being split in half. Uh, manna being there for the, in the wilderness. All the amazing miracles, the Ten Commandments, the burning bush, all of the things that they saw of God. And he says all that is secondary. There's something even more powerful than all of that, than the dead being raised, more powerful than blind eyes opening. And that is the work that he wants to do inside of you. Verse 7, First Corinthians chapter 10. And do not become idolaters, as were some of them. As is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So they were experiencing God in this church. They were seeking God in this church. But they were acting like Old Testament saints, experiencing God, forcing God to work with them from the outside, instead of allowing Him to work with them from the inside. And in that, because they had these experiences, they began to justify their lifestyle, their life choices, and they actually became idolaters and made idols out of the symbols of the work of the Holy Spirit, instead of acknowledging the beauty in the personal relationship of the Holy Spirit. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed, by serpents. These are Old Testament saints that he's saying. These are Old Testament examples of spiritual problems we have today. So he's warning us in our New Testament church of this very same thing. We may not have idols, golden calves, and different things, but we can make idols out of things and not realize that we, we are idolaters. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he falls." Verse 11, And now all these things happen to them as examples, and they were written for our admission upon whom the end of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. That's what he's talking about in verse 10, that you may have all these examples of God working in your church, in your life. You may be looking to those things, but take heed... Lest you fall. No temptation has overtaken you except that it is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation, you'll also be able to make a way of escape that you will be able to bear it. The Holy Spirit has a work in you, a plan for you. And life can overtake us, problems can overtake us, fear can overtake us, worry can overtake us, ambitions can overtake us. All these are from our natural man. And if we design our relationship with God around outward experiences, then we're in danger of missing the most powerful part that will keep us from idolatry, that will keep us from failing. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying, that there's a path that God has for you that you don't have to fail. You don't have to miss the way and and go off course and wake up 20 years later and realize, man, I, I've spent 20 years chasing the wrong thing. But there's a relationship of God that's pure and holy and perfect for you. No man can replace the Holy Spirit in your life. No prophet can replace the Holy Spirit in your life. I remember one time I was preaching and gold dust started to show up on people's bibles and even on my bible and i ignored it because i knew what was going on it was we don't want to chase gold dust great gold dust showed up wonderful but that's not supernatural what's supernatural what's really supernatural is the work that he does in you every day that you spend with him praying in the holy ghost that's a supernatural world changing miracle power experience you alone in your prayer closet praying in the holy ghost that is world shaking more powerful than the red sea being split more dynamic than a fire by night more incredible than the blind eyes opening is happening inside of you when you just let him work with you on the inside but we have so many much of our church world today chasing after special words special revelation, special anointings. We have men making promises in the name of God of special anointings. As I lay hands on you, there's a special anointing for you. I'm going to activate something in your life. And you need me to speak life into your word. Uh, I don't think they're trying on purpose to do things, but you don't want man to take the place of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit will not leave you as an orphan. Man will abandon you. You can give your whole life to a man, and he'll cut your throat someday if he wants to. The Holy Spirit will never cut your throat. He'll never abandon you. The Holy Spirit wants to walk with you. But I've seen so many people chasing after sensationalism. I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to belittle any experience that you've had that's encouraged you towards God. But I've seen it 20 years ago when... Preachers I knew were starting to preach to justify sensational things. Angels showing up—they were seeking after angels. I think glory clouds, and you know, a glory clouds. Great, we're in this service, and the glory of God fell, and it was like a cloud, and we symbolize that as being amazing. But it's not amazing. What's amazing is that you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. And if you'll just take 10 minutes, an hour, and pray in that unknown language, what happens there, that is amazing. The glory cloud, the glory dust, the gold dust, angels showing up, angels singing, that's all Old Testament stuff, that's okay. Those are nice, but that's not as powerful as the work that He wants to do inside of you today. Just by you taking the time to pray in the unknown language. I remember I'd hear someone preach the gospel. I'd be so impressed with the revelation, so impressed with the prophecy, so impressed with what God did, that I would kind of just follow them. And really, the only one we want to follow, the only one that I want to trust my life with, my future with, the only one I want to really confess all my weaknesses to is the Holy Spirit. And He's so intimate with me. He's so connected to me because he, He's not just on the outside. He's dwelling in me. I see people chase after the best motivational speaker, They're, chase after wisdom from the world. Much of the motivational speaking has gotten into the church and they call it gospel now. But there's a better motivational speaker for you. There's a better person, that better one that you can follow other than a man. And that is the Holy Spirit who's there Just for you. Think about that. How much money would you spend to be able to spend time with a a Bill Gates worth billions of dollars? And say, hey, can you give me the newest stock market uh, wisdom? Can you give me a little wisdom? How much money do people spend pursuing being with men just for a few minutes of their wisdom? And you have, right now, available to you the Holy Spirit... To come live in you and abide in you. Years ago, there was what they called the move of God. And many people chased after it. Because people are looking for something. I get it. I get it that people are looking for something real. And this was a place where the main preacher had started to see angels show up in his service. And would give angels credit for revelation and for God's healing power. And really that belongs to the Holy Spirit, not to angels they had some miracles, but they had signs and wonders. They had things show up in the services and and people flocked to it because they were just looking for something. And my goal today is to convince us, to convince you and me to that's all fun, that's all great. We don't want to belittle that, but it's not the same. It's not as powerful. It's not as miraculous. It's not as spiritual. It's not as sensational. No matter what it is, it's not as glory-filled as you allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you the perfect will of God by spending time praying in the Holy Spirit. There's nothing more miraculous than the change that happens in you just by taking some time to pray in tongues. I'm going to go to a famous verse here in 1 Kings 19. And I'm sure you've heard this before, but if it's well with what I'm trying to share with us today. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. This is Elijah. God speaking to Elijah. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And I'm afraid that much of the church world today, of our church world, our New Testament church world, is looking after the wind, and the earthquake, and the fire, they're seeking after experiences, and, and signs, and wonders, and chasing after, because of that, they're chasing after men, chasing after wrong paths. When really, the most supernatural move of God, if you want to find Him, is not in the fire, or the earthquake, or the wind, it's in a still, small voice. That word means, a delicate whisper. I'm going to go back over to John. I'm going to read to you again in John chapter 14. I want you to see what Jesus is trying to bring his disciples out of and into. They're Old Testament saints. They've experienced God, the Holy Spirit, in his power. And they've seen him work with Jesus. They've seen the Holy Spirit work. And Jesus is telling them this. There's another work that the Holy Spirit has for you which is greater than all that you've experienced. In fact, it's greater than all that Moses experienced, all that Israel experienced. It's the greatest work that the Holy Spirit has. His masterpiece is not in the signs and wonders. His masterpiece is what He can do in you if you allow Him to walk with you every day. We're not Old Testament saints. We are born again children of God. The disciples had to follow Jesus into salvation. That's why he says, verse 15, John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him, nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you and i'll not leave you orphans i will come to you you're not an orphan and the holy spirit if you're baptized in the holy ghost is in you he's in you right now with the the plan the blueprint for your future and He knows how to change you. He knows how to transform your life. So many Christians are just seeking after change. They're praying for change. God fixed me. God changed me. I hate this in my life. But there's a better work that He has for you. That is, if you just pray in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will begin to transform you, help you to transform from the inside out. That's the masterpiece of work that He has for us as children of God. And I think the enemy has done a... Uh, incredible job of sidetracking us and getting us focused on, as they say, the wrong things. You know, we have we have a couple dogs and they can get distracted by certain things. They lose focus, you know, by a treat or a squirrel where a dog's looking one way and a squirrel gets his attention and he loses his focus. Well, I think the enemy has done a great work at getting the church world to lose his focus off of the credible work of the Holy Spirit inside of each of us into looking to outward, looking for signs and wonders. I've watched and followed myself. Crowds would run a certain way saying, this is God, this is great, this is glorious, let's go. And just so that I wouldn't miss out because it made me second guess. Maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm, something's wrong with me. Why are all of them excited and I'm not so excited? Well, I found that I wasn't wrong when I followed that inner voice, that still small voice. That I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong to chase after things. One man I really love and really respect had an opportunity for me to do a work of God. And he offered me a great position in a church to be a pastor. And everything about it was amazing. It was perfect for me. But in my heart, in my inner man, that still small voice... I couldn't find desire to walk it out, to take that position. And I said, I can't do it. And they were puzzled, like, why are you not taking this great offer to be a pastor, to work in the gospel the way that God's told you? And I couldn't answer. I just knew that God didn't want me to take that position. And it was everything I wanted, everything God told me about in my future, and they said, Well, why aren't you taking this? Don't you know that revival's about to happen and, and you'll miss out by not taking this position? And that stirred up in me a desire to jump on board because I was afraid I was going to miss out, that I wasn't spiritual enough and and I wasn't embracing a lot of the things and but I, I stood back and I listened to that still small voice. I'm so thankful I did. That's where you have your safety in listening to that still small voice. I've seen people pursue signs and wonders, angels, gold dust, spiritual gems, glory clouds, singing angels, uh, open heavens, experiences, all goosebumps in services, all pursuing something on the outside. And I'm, I'm trying not to belittle any of those experiences. I've seen people chase after the, the newest revelation, the newest vision, the newest dream. And I've watched whole groups go off course, chasing after politics and different things, all in the name of God said to someone. And most of the people jumping on board are because they don't want to miss out. My comment to you is that you're not on board with anyone. You're not part of any crowd. In God's eyes, you are what matters. He's with you. In fact, He's so much with you, He's in you. The Holy Spirit, God, wants to spend time with you, teaching you who you really are. What you're really called to. What is really valuable in your future. What you need to know. Because no one will minister like you. No one will walk a walk that you have. You're that unique to God. And He's that unique with you that He will spend time with you exactly where you're at. You can say, Oh, preacher, I'm so messed up. Some people... They don't dare tell their pastor what the real problem is, because the pastor would kick them out of the church. But you can tell the Holy Spirit what your real problem is, and He won't abandon you and kick you out. He'll work with you. He'll help you overcome every fear, every insecurity, every sin, every problem. He'll help you overcome it and grow in the inner man, renew that inner man in the knowledge of God, so you can tell the outer man, what to do with itself. I don't need you anymore. I'm mortifying you, outward man. I live my life for God. Let's stop pursuing. Let me just talk you into this. Let's stop glamorizing the outside work of God or the outside work of men. Let's stop glamorizing that and making that the pinnacle of success. Boy, he can really hear God. Boy, God moved in His service. Boy, that was a great word. All those things are wonderful. And then even into the sensationalism, gold dust, diamonds falling from heaven, open heavens, angels singing, glory clouds. Let's take our focus off of the fire and the earthquake and the strong wind, and let's put our focus as believers, as children of God, on the real value of the Holy Spirit in your life. is not to entertain you like a juggler with amazing things, but to sit down with you on the inside out and be your teacher, your guide, your helper, your comforter. From this day, for the rest of your days, He will sit with you and won't run from you. He'll work with you. He'll help you when you're alone, when you're embarrassed, when you have questions. He's there for you. But that takes intimacy. That takes time sitting with the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. There's no question you'll ask that He's afraid of. There's nothing you'll do to make Him embarrassed of you. He is with you, He knows you, and He's for you. And He has a path for you going forward that you won't end up in idolatry. You won't end up in the wrong place. You will overcome every sin. That's the path that Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 10, that's the path the Holy Spirit has for you. From the inside out, you won't be deceived. Many of us, myself included, pursued the wrong man, pursued the wrong message, listened to the wrong person, tell me, this is God, this is right, and found out it wasn't, and found discouragement in me and questions in me. But I know of one that will never confuse you, will never abandon you, will never leave you, will never deceive you, It's never a waste of time. And that is when you take this one verse. John chapter 14. The Spirit of Truth, verse 17. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. And then I have underlined, and will be in you. The Holy Spirit If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. If not, then look at my other videos. You'll find help being baptized in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is in you. And He will work with you. The most amazing masterpiece, the most amazing miracle. I mean, greater than the Red Sea, greater than angels singing, greater than glory clouds and gold dust is the work that He does with you every single day. Every single minute that you get in the prayer closet with Him and just pray in that heavenly language. The work that He wants to show to the world is you. Look what I can do with a person who spends time with me. This is the announcement the Holy Spirit wants to make to the world. Look what I can do with someone who will just spend time with me. And let me work and operate in their life. And let me help them to grow and change. It's that small whisper. A delicate whispering voice. That still small voice. Look what I can do with this person. Who will just spend time with me. That's the miracle. That he wants to announce to the world. That to him. Is a masterpiece. That's greater than raising the dead to him. The work that he wants to do in you. And will do in you if you'll just spend time with Him. Let's spend time with Him. Let's begin to be okay with no one knowing who you are, no one knowing what God is doing in you, but Him and you. Make that special and private and intimate. The things that God has in me and done in me is not a tool for me to get people to like me. It's amazing. It's intimate. And He'll do that with you. Let's make that precious. Let's make the still, small voice precious let's celebrate that more than the juggling act and the the signs and wonders and i'm sorry i'm trying not to belittle anything that that you might think god has done or say that god did to encourage you i don't want to belittle that at all but i want to emphasize you have someone who loves you who believes in you who knows the plan of god for your life and knows how to get you there and knows how to get you there around every obstacle, every battle, every mistake, knows how to transform you, but that comes only and is found only inside of you in the Holy Spirit, not outside in some minister or some movement of God or some glory of cloud. You won't find it in the service. You won't find it from laying on hands. You won't find it from some prophet activating your future or calling things forward. You're only going to find it in that small voice, quiet, where no one sees it. No one around you sees it, but you see it. Spend time with the Holy Spirit and watch what He does in you. That is truly glorious. Thanks for spending time with me. God bless you. I love you.